That can be put on this form, Form C, which you can attach to Form D, which covers any emergency medical care you might require when you are off school property, but participating in school activities, like athletics. And if both your parents want to receive an audio cassette of the principal's non-denominational holiday address, they need to put an X in that box. I think that's it. The newsletter comes out quarterly and can also be mailed to grandparents and other interested parties. My grandpa lives with my dad. That saves us on postage. I'll need those back by Friday. He looked at the forms in his hand. There it was in black and white, just how complicated his life had become. He stood in front of the huge white oak tree in the middle of Ripley Memorial Park. It was tall and thick with serious bark, an oak with attitude. He cocked his head stretched his long arms out, imitating the tree, and froze. He'd seen a street performer do this in New York City. The man drew a big crowd. Every so often the man would move, slightly. People put money in his hat. Mrs. Clitter walked by with her granddaughter and stopped. He didn't move, didn't breathe. They looked up at him for the longest time. He moved his right hand a little, then his left. The little girl giggled. Mrs. Clitter said, Now, where'd you learn to do that? He said nothing, part of the act, winked at the little girl who grinned. He had an itch but didn't scratch it. Mrs. Clitter moved off, laughing. He lifted his leg slightly, wiggled it. You say a big hello to that grandfather of yours? she shouted. Mrs. Clitter was in love with his grandfather. You tell him I'm going to do everything I know to do to help him in his time of need. His grandfather, currently in the Veterans Administration Hospital in Baltimore, had his right leg removed just below the knee two weeks ago. His grandfather usually hid when he saw Mrs. Clitter coming. This was harder to do with half a leg, but he was working on it. The little girl waved goodbye and crossed the bridge with her grandmother. He straightened to full height, six feet three and a half inches. He was the tallest seventh-grade boy in the history of Eleanor Roosevelt Middle School. The tallest twelve-year-old boy anyone in Ripley had ever seen. Now you know why people called him Tree. It had been years since anyone had called him by his real name, Sam, Jeremy Liggins, had first called him Tree in fourth grade. Jeremy was one of those emperor athletes who got to do whatever he wanted. He'd stood on the baseball diamond and renamed half the class, like Adam named the animals in the Bible. Jeremy's friends got the cool names. Fire. Boomerang. When it came to non-athlete nobodies, the names got harder. Tree. Mole. Snot. He'd gotten used to the name, considered the white oak. Some of its roots protruded from the ground, fat roots that wound around rocks. He had studied the root systems of trees, figured if he was going to be called one, he should at least know how they worked. He'd learned this from his grandfather, who could fix almost anything except Tree's parents' marriage. You've got to take a thing apart to see what it's made of. 
his grandpa always said. So he learned how roots could go as deep in the ground as a tree's branches grow tall. How they suck up nutrients from the earth, like a boy slurps a milkshake through a straw. How the bark protects the tree's insides, like skin protects people. How being a tree is the best thing going in the plant world. People expect trees to be strong and steady and give good shade. Tallness is packed with great expectations. He picked up his duffel bag, remembered what he'd forgotten to pack. Now that he was living every other week at different houses, he always forgot to pack something. His warm gloves were at his mother's house. His good sneakers were, too. He needed them for basketball practice, but it would take a lot more than sneakers to make him good at the game. He couldn't remember if he packed underwear. Probably.